Mangoes and Blood Chapter 1 Preparing for a Reception It was not her day, her evening, her hour. The night had settled over the African sky. The begging children were out in full force, moving with the people in the street, half cajoling, half threatening them. She could hear it all from her balcony at the new royal. She could hear it and smell the sweet mangoes ripening in the small space. What a good idea it had been to buy a whole basketful on the way from the ocean. Now, as the desire arose, she could go and pick one out, remove its skin with her nails, and suck its sweetness. And, as she did so, she would see the palms, the road, the man standing with his fruit on the road, in his shorts, half-naked, smiling, beckoning to her. It looked like rain. A few clouds hovered above the tall buildings. There was freshness in the air. No, perhaps it wouldn't rain, and she wouldn't be deprived of the hotel swimming pool. Or would it? She walked back in, squeezing a mango full of juice, ready for her tongue. And as she did so, she passed the bed with a ruined dress spread out in the middle, frowned and stamped her foot. How did those people manage it, she wondered. The dress was tiny, only fit for a doll. How had the cleaners deemed it proper to wash silk in boiling water? And now, what would she wear? A glance at her watch on the night table told her it was 6.30. The reception was beginning. There was nothing else to do but get ready for it. A woman could not walk on these streets at night. She certainly could not go to dinner alone. At the reception, she would be sure to bump into a group with people she knew, one that would make it possible for her to join them. Oh, there was that horror of a creature, Bonzi or whatever was his name, who had asked her earlier in the day as they sat side by side in a small informal meeting. But she was sure he asked every one of the ladies, and had been refused. There were times it was almost fun to be a woman. For instance, now on a mission for a month, stuck with about a thousand men, who only saw about a hundred women as they worked throughout the day. Of course, there were other women. But unlike those few, they were unequal. They were the women behind the scenes. They were the secretaries, the typists, the paper girls. They were fun for an evening. She was an equal, representing a minor if not wholly unknown part of the United Nations family. She was a delegate, worthy of respect, courtesy, and a lot of flattery. But the dress was ruined! She hated when her minutely detailed plans went wrong, when she couldn't match the color of her nail polish to her bag. And this was wrong! especially since she was going to try to get Bakir to provide support for her new project. All wrong! She looked best in beige, 
for that purpose at least. She plunged her teeth into the sweet flesh of the mango to calm her nerves. If only she could do that to whoever had used such hot water. Calm down, she warned herself, and let some juice drip down her chin and throat. A minute later, she went into the bathroom, washed and wiped herself, looked at the golden tan facing her in the mirror, and walked back into the room with a determined step. She knew what to wear. The telephone rang. Once, twice, three times. She picked up the receiver. Hello? Yes? Tell him I'll be there in two minutes, she said and put the receiver back down. She turned and looked again at herself in the mirror. Not bad for someone just the other side of thirty. Her long, darkish hair up, with a few curls hanging loosely about her neck. Her fine face well made up. Her cheeks brought out. All went well with the long, yellow, Grecian gown. She didn't dislike herself. Then... Why should she, she thought. Downstairs, an old, fat ambassador was happy to wait for her, to have the honor to escort her to the door, where she would simply let him go. But he wouldn't mind. That was the game she had to play, because society still didn't like a woman coming in alone. Or so she thought. There were times she did it back in New York for 6.30 receptions right after work, but not here. It didn't feel right. Or perhaps she didn't have the courage. Oh, why go into all of that? She snapped at herself and smiled at her image. She closed the door, walked into the hall, stopped, gathered herself, and walked on proudly. What luxury, she thought, in the midst of poverty, this hotel, a reminder of days gone by, and yet part of the city now. Outside, people were hungry, but here one had carpets, air conditioning, mirrors, flowers. Outside, less than a ten minutes' walk away, were mud huts. Here, there were clean white sheets and smiling maids. At one time, she thought she would never get used to it. She had not been able to eat, but slowly it went away. She was as callous as anyone else. She did not even give a penny to beggars. Would it help anyway? The one time she had felt sorry was when school children, far away from cities, had begged her for paper to write on and she had not even had a couple of sheets with her. But she had turned that into a project, something she had fought for with all her superiors, something she had gotten by cajoling, by giving little dinners here and there, and even a couple of big parties. Ah, but did it help? She was not sure. Whose pockets had it lined? In the elevator, she pressed the down button and thought once more about the golden cages she lived in as she went from place to place. 
throughout the world. Chapter 2 On the Way Downstairs, a gray-haired, plumpish man stood, smiling. She grinned back and extended her hand for a bow. Her world was one of few where fingers were still kissed from time to time, especially when they belonged to beautiful women, she thought. Diplomacy had one foot here and one foot in the 19th century. Ilona, you look like a Greek goddess, the old ambassador exclaimed in muted voice. She widened her grin. Wasn't that exactly what she had been expecting? He took her hand through his arm and out they went. Ilona could see the bellboys looking. They were probably wondering how many men she had. They didn't know that she had just played with most of them, that she just used them, as they had tried to use her when she had been younger and much more beautiful, or so she thought. A step, two more. They went into the chauffeured car. How many times had she wanted a picture to be taken at that moment? One to be sent back and shown to all her friends back home, the ones who said she could not go so far. But it didn't matter. It was routine, part of her life, not an everyday occurrence, but something becoming so much more common that she missed it when she didn't have it for a couple of weeks. A begging hand had time enough to pass into the car. The ambassador handed it a trifle. But Ilona looked away.